0: Welcome to Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast with your host, Buddy Sotelo Esquire, Mike Lano, and our special guest for tonight, Jonathan Schwartz from well,
1: Jonathan actually is now a part of the show. He's a regular.
0: Oh, well, thank you. It's, it's, if anything on the show could be called regular. If we could consider anything on this show to ever be called regular. But but I yeah. feel
2: like I'm bordering on, on Joan River's territory.
0: Yes, all the way from Canada. We welcome you. Uh, sorry we were supposed to have you on last week with Herb and and our signals got crossed. So I really appreciate you coming. Wait a minute, Jennifer,
1: tell us what city. Where are you, though? Are you in Toronto proper in Ontario? Where are you in Ontario?
0: Right in the heart of
2: Toronto, Ontario.
1: Okay. And are you going to be getting up at, well, it would be six your time, three our time to watch the funeral? Or are you just putting your TV on pause? or you would even be watching it or paying attention? Or do you even care? Well, it's global news. It is world news. It,
2: yeah, it, it is It is global news, and we are part of the Commonwealth up here. Um, in terms of what I'm going to be doing at 6 a.m., I will be starting my day to help get my kids to school. <laughs> that's the right and answer. That takes priority, unfortunately, over Her Majesty.
0: Yeah, she's still around she's here. She's not going anywhere. She's uh, Unless she gets zombified and starts joining the cast of The Walking Dead. I don't think that we're going to see her
1: any time. What, what person, other than, say, a dictator, in this case, she was clearly the dir- total opposite, diametric opposite, has was doing that person's role for, what was it, 70 years, plus or minus? Yes. It is pretty incredible. It is incredible that she, they're showing the photos, every president since Truman, Mm-hmm. The U.S. at least, and and I'm sure every prime minister and uh, Canada and uh, all, all of that. So,
0: but she never made a WrestleMania. Yeah, well, She's never. She,
1: she, I don't think she would get too.
0: I I uh, seem to remember.
2: So obviously, uh, the Queen would not have been involved with WWE. Although I do remember certain United States presidents who were, um, but the Queen in the run up to the 1992 SummerSlam at, Wend- at Wembley Stadium. Um, at least in the U.S., they ran a number of commercials with an impersonator and with other members of the royal family impersonated to try and drum up interest for that.
1: I wouldn't be on Vance. It is something. There's world leaders there, you know, so it is global news. How can you not want to watch something that uh, is?
0: I don't care. I, I, I Put me in the I don't care category. Okay. Yeah, you dropped out back with the Boston Tea Party yeah thank you she's not she doesn't she's not our queen we you know we and
1: it's well,
2: look who I, well a, she first,
0: actually is still our head of state
1: who is it yes a, of course and who's America's queen Beyonce is that what the way we're going something close to that I, Yeah, well, I would
0: have said Kim Kardashian it was Betty White until she died
1: yeah I now, now I will give you there's a woman like the queen with a lot of class b- beloved animal lover so that's a big deal. Um, let me plug some stuff very quickly. I don't have anything to do with it. Got Jan Wenner's new book. This is his second book, uh, the founder of Rolling Stone magazine. Big deal for people my age. Um, Dory Funk Jr. has a brand new book, The Last of a Great Breed. It's actually really good. It was self-published. Jonathan, I don't know if you've seen it yet. But I have not. Still haven't,
0: thanks to the got a
1: couple little, well, You can't even see it with the chromatrix yeah. here. But um it it is cool let's see uh, you can the back comes out now that's an illustration i couldn't get out of marty i had her and dory on my other show or primarily dory and um this is like an illustration or it was like they took a photo but then they kind of posterized it of dory older dory i would have personally liked to seen young dory on the cover but they have so many photos on the back i don't know if i can get that so you can even see
0: yeah you had it for a second
1: yeah well that's just the front i'm trying to show you guys the back but, uh, also another guy who is, who actually wrestled one of his first territories before he came into LA and San Francisco and the tri WF is Earl, Mr. Universe Maynard. Oh
0: yeah. Earl Monroe. He
1: yes. star at the Cow Palace, world tag team champions there and in Los Angeles. Well, LA was the America's tag champions, but for Roy Shire in San Francisco, 400 miles north, the, well, it's just the San Francisco NWA world tag team champions. They had nwa world tag champs in detroit for the Sheik. also obviously mid-atlantic they were perhaps the most famous but earl They're almost of course maynard yeah he, he was such a nice guy and he invites any wrestler that goes to uh, the bahamas they can stay he owns a chain of hotels they can stay there free quite a gentleman also keith greenberg who Just talked to him again yesterday, and I stupidly did not ask him. Jonathan, do you know why he went – I don't know if you read this book yet, but you know of it.
2: I have. I actually did a review of it for slamwrestling.net. It
0: went up about a week ago.
1: I'm going to go read that. Did you ask him – I stupidly forgot to ask him why. Now, on the cover is an illustration. Hey, guess
0: what? I I found it on the web, so I can share it here.
1: So here we go. let Let
0: me finish my train of thought.
1: On the covers is a drawing, an illustration of the fiend Bray Wyatt, but with a uh, like an N95 COVID mask. And I didn't ask him. Okay, that's fine for wrestling in the COVID era, where he goes back and forth between world events. It's a really brilliant book. Back and forth between world events like Brexit and all of these things happening, Trump and Biden election. Uh, but he has. So what was the deal, Russland? If you look, why? or uh jonathan if you know why why did he use the catchphrase follow the buzzards of the non-fiend bray Wyatt, the regular early bray wyatt what are we doing like follow the money is that or what what is your take unless you point blank asked him, jonathan or russ if you're reading it
2: so i have yet to speak with mr greenberg about it i actually tried to uh keep a little bit separate while i was reading the book especially uh, just so that i could if i was going to write about it i wanted to be a little bit Um, removed from it. Um, What I will say is I thought that the title really kind of captured the just the general kind of view over the last two years where it really felt like the world was kind of in a relatively dark place. I think that um, I didn't mention this in my review, but I think that that really kind of gets captured throughout the book just um, between the unrelenting bad news associated with COVID, um, what was happening, political politically in the world, just in terms of themes of isolation between Brexit and and, uh, certainly what seemed to be happening in the United States in terms of government's responsiveness to things. And um, I think it was just kind of all of a piece The, the part that I really found interesting was he chose to title the book, follow the buzzards and use that image of Bray Wyatt on the cover. And lo and behold, before he finishes writing the darn thing, uh, Wyatt himself winds up getting released, and as far as I know, he still has yet to resurface, apart from a couple of appearances on the autograph scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he's, uh, I, I pretty much, well, depending on who you believe, and they've done these vignettes, but they could easily be for uh, Braun or, or somebody else that uh, he might be coming in. Uh, apparently, uh, he's a little bit hard to control. He's so creative and out there but I think he would be a boom to anybody to, to utilize him. I don't know. I mean, I think Billy Corgan, you know, if he can't go anywhere else, why not uh, slum it for a while? I'm not meaning that in any derogatory term, but work for maybe a smaller promotion than AEW or WWE and just, you know, be creative there until one of the biggies pick you up or perhaps he might be happy there. He might well, be- I guess
0: a, a bigger question right now is, does anyone want to work for
1: AEW with
0: the the current state of the union, um, so to speak,
1: over there. It's I It's mean. already being all repaired. Some of the guys like Chris Daniels and, and uh, one of the other ones, Michael Nakazawa, they've already been brought back. So that's kind of almost – and they're firing on all cylinders. So right now it's well, – gonna... what
0: about the whole CM Punk
1: situation? Are you, watching, are you watching the two shows, Dynamite on Wednesday for two hours and Rampage – an hour on Friday. You got to be watching those shows to be able to comment on them. You can't just read stuff on the internet. You have to actually watch, put in the time and watch these shows.
2: So uh, I'll, I'll take a swing at the punk situation. I've, I've spoken and written about it pretty extensively before. Um, my take on it first off is so far as his remarks generally, which were pretty destructive. Um, a lot of the, What they've done is they've generated an awful lot of attention and a lot of eyeballs on the AEW product, whether it was meant to be a work or a shoot or somewhere in between. I think ultimately they did more harm than good, not least of which to Punk himself physically as well as to his stock within the company. Um, All assuming that it's not a giant work like we just had with MJF not six months ago, and here he is coming right back to a main event spot himself.
0: Do you think it's a work? Do you you think it's
2: a work? I honestly don't know. I think that I've been a fan of wrestling long enough to think that everything is potentially a work and that even if something doesn't start as a work, that it always has a tendency to get there in the end. Um, you know, you can look at Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart. Sooner or later, if the economics make sense and the audience is demanding it, people find a way to, to get back to each other. I think the bigger challenge with Punk at this point is that his, that if it was not a work, his conduct basically hurt him on two fronts. First off, he supposedly got hurt between the main event of All Out and the um, melee after the press conference, which is going to put him on the shelf between six and eight months, allegedly. Um, And really, if he can't get the better of the young bucks whose whole style is based on being kind of goofy in a real fight, He's already lost twice very badly in UFC. Any pretense to him being a tough guy at this point has kind of gone by the boards. And frankly, he's about my age and I wouldn't want to rush into fights either at my at this stage of my life.
1: Jonathan quickly though, sure. He he obviously hurt himself at all out. That was a given that we know of definitively. But did he get further hurt in the Melee? you know, like crossing what I'm calling the forbidden door from the scrum to where they had the the fight, that area. Did he... So, injure- so that
2: part, as far as I know, is still pretty gray. It's not clear whether he injured himself during the match or in the fight afterwards. The, the other thing I think that does even more harm to Punk is this is um, a wrestler who's made his greatest contribution, not even necessarily in the ring, although I do like his work in the ring, but as as an interview, as a promo guy. Um, His most infamous one to this point was probably the pipe bomb promo back in WWE and I think it was 2014 or so. But it came out after the fact that that was approved beforehand. That was very much a work shoot under the auspices of Vince and Triple H and whoever else was in charge at that point. If Punk really did go into business for himself, I have difficulty seeing any promotion of any kind of size and any kind of professionalism attached to it. In other words, the kinds that are going to pay him the kind of money that he would probably want in order to perform at this stage of his career. How do they trust him with a live mic again?
1: And physically he's, you know, very
2: physically. I think he's, I I think he's made it very clear what his limitations are at this point. And sure he could go out and have a decent to very good match with, Anyone as he always has. Uh, one of the nice things about professional wrestling for its athletes is it's possible to work around one's limitations well into um, a longer period than you would say in any other sport. I mean, discounting Ric Flair's recent com- most recent comeback, he was certainly having uh, fun matches well into his fifties and sixties. So it's not impossible to do that. You look at AEW's roster and you've got guys like Sting and the Hardy Boys, um, and
1: well, Freddie Blass, take a true. look at Freddie Blast exactly. well into their 60s, still working. And, and I don't know if I made it clear to you guys uh, because on Busted Open, I had to sort of remend or correct uh, Dave LaGreca, who had no idea. He kept saying he loved the blue cage that was in WrestleMania 2 with Hogan and uh, Bundy in Los Angeles, not knowing that Vince, did I mention this to you, Jonathan? I, I don't yes. know if you he did. Okay that
2: I was that that was a that was a new one for
1: me But russ doesn't know the city vince purchases you know it's the moving in the very first like 14 months ahead of time uh he purchases the entire office mike labelle's la office and that was the the second and very last blasi steel cage and the boys didn't like it because it was um, unlike our earlier cage from the 60s that fred meaning blasi uh, turned babyface in a, a series of three cage matches with the sheik ed farhad well known obviously at maple leaf gardens as a main eventer uh turned fred face but that was wood it was a very wobbly structure and fred hated even trying to climb it so he let a, a more youthful john tollis do the actual climbing but that was rickety wood and metal and this blue solid unforgiving cage all the boys hated because you know they hurt themselves on it so uh, I guess Vince, so Vince Jr. purchased it, utilized it as an asset. So he buys it in 1982, early '82, and um, uh, you know, and and then I guess used it as late as '96. They say uh, that that blue, if you go back uh, and you'll see tape of that, the sort of like a sky or powder blue, you know, very light blue cage. And uh, you know, thankfully, I saw were,
0: that they they would truck that out to Arco Arena too out in sacramento when i lived out there i saw one cage match featuring the blue cage out at arco arena you see well.
1: yeah, although fred only wrestled in it once but it was called in our promotion when roddy piper and chavo had their two-year-long feud and piper feuded with gory and hector and mondo and later bad bad leroy brown and uh, uh gosh uh Madrill out in that Blassie cage they could all of our announcers called it the Blassy cage including the late gene labelle i'll have a report in just a couple of weeks his private memorial the funeral was family only but i've been invited to speak at the uh, memorial because i work with gene and saw him three four times a week from the 70s on so i'll have a, a report on that ronda rousey is going to be there and uh, quite a few others from mma and pro wrestling um Uh, I'll shut up. Oh, one thing I wanted to add back to AEW is their ratings have been through the roof. They've been going well over a million since this Melee. So I don't think the hardcores all know it, but the casual fans may, you know, still are hearing about, oh, the scrum thing. But it doesn't seem to hurt AEW. Uh, Although one thing I've got to mention, and I'll shut up and throw back to Jonathan, is Thunder Rosa uh, Friday. She does now bust it open for three hours. And you can tell there are inklings where she basically just coming out and saying she's kind of unhappy that they're not having her on weekly vignettes or, you know, a lot of this stuff was done with an interim champion. She's a little bit sore. It sounds like she's almost sore. I might be reading into this, but other people have commented on it a little stronger. Sore perhaps at Tony and management. Um, you know, because when these people are on the shelf, why not utilize them? I mean, you know, Bailey was off TV for 14 months, which she could have easily been managed some kind of a stable. Uh, obviously, uh, Hunter, you know, brought her back. Uh,
2: so I, I'll, I'll respectfully
0: disagree on that one. All right. I, 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 I appreciate the argument. that. that's because you're
1: Canadian.
0: You see, you're let's oh, saying, screw you, Mike. I think this,
1: you know. No, this is
0: Mike's show. No,
2: it's my no, show.
0: No, it's my it's show. And, he, he's
1: my ben guest. Ben and Russ founded it. I came aboard a bit later, but no, there. So, does it have to be the uh, the embarrassing American stuff of Trump people, you know, arguing. Uh, you know, like uh, I'll throw this out there. I go to a Target store, and there's two morons with a uh, uh, a, a impeach Biden little signing thing there and they they're two feet from the door and they're blocking people from entering and i just let these guys have it because they you know almost every year they waste millions of city dollars asking for uh recalling the government governor and all this stuff and it, it turned into they were yelling at people who refused to sign it including myself so that's not how we want to be we want to be Respectful of each other's opinion, even if they're diametrically opposite or whatever. I have no idea what Jonathan's going to say, but uh, Jonathan, go ahead. <laughs> I'll stick to
2: wrestling, and uh, since Target didn't really last well up here, we had it for about two years, and then and then they um, closed up shop. The um, what I was going to say is, I I take the point about uh, wrestlers who are on the shelf for extended periods, but I kind of see it as an opportunity. So Bailey had this massively successful heel run, which itself started after she came back from another injury after being that kind of um, Rick Steiner style kind of baby face before that, more um, kind of geared towards kids. I thought as a heel, she just did fantastic work and continues to do fantastic work. But I think two things. One. As unfortunate as and you never want to see people get hurt, obviously, but it does give a talent a chance to refresh themselves in front of an audience, to tweak their characters, to kind of give people a second look. You wouldn't have Becky Lynch being the man and having the phenomenal run that she had, which I'd argue kind of creatively almost rivaled what we saw back, you know, 20 years ago with Stone Cold Steve Austin in terms of the kind of character progression she had. But you don't get that if she's not off a little while with, if she's not off a little while before so people forget what the character was before that you also don't get the doors opening for new talent if um established talent just kind of keeps clogging the airwaves so you know i would be much as I enjoy Bailey's performance, I do think absence makes the heart grow fonder. And in the meantime, Bailey being off the air has opened the doors for people like Rhea Ripley, who it took a little while to build momentum. But now I'd say she definitely has it. I think she's wildly entertaining and right now as part of edge. Judgment Day. I think she's the best part of Stand Judgment standard. Day, frankly.
1: And a couple of weeks, maybe six weeks ago, we were ready to write off that that function, uh, that group without mm-hmm. Judgment Day, without Edge in it. And now look at them, you know, that was masterful, having them stand over the whole Dominic thing is refresh them, you know, even though he's still green as grass. I agree with you. I w- what I was saying, perhaps Bailey's character has not changed from when she left. She's still doing ding-dong hello. I was thinking either maybe have like a 30 second every three months. Let's check in and see what Bailey or how's uh, the rehab going for Becky Lynch or whoever is on the shelf, just to You're not taking time away because time is so precious, even though, say, AEW only has three hours of TV a week, and they have a a ton of people.
0: You could show show fewer replays. You could do, you know, they they have time. They have time.
1: Very short, so it's not taking time away from somebody to now come to the forefront, as Jonathan is saying, which is excellent. But maybe just 10, 15 seconds. Hey, you know, here I am. uh, I'm on crutches now and I'm doing XYZ something like that to keep them in mind, but not to take away valuable time from someone, uh, like a, uh, uh, the kid now that just took the title in AW what's the kid's name from, uh, uh, Buffalo. I think it is, uh,
2: Oh, Daniel Garcia.
1: Yeah. So you want someone like that to grow now that guy's a made man, you know, so to speak. And we are excited about watching Daniel Garcia's, uh, Progression and stuff and what's going to happen with him and Jericho. It looks like he's turning quasi face and he's siding with Brian Danielson And uh, will he be in Danielson's corner this Wednesday for uh, the title? Uh, What's the real? It's not an interim. It's the real title. There's either Moxley, the BCC, either Moxley or Brian Danielson So uh, but do you think Jonathan is that maybe too much what I suggested? Just maybe every three, four, six, maybe, maybe every eight weeks Show like 15 seconds. Oh, this is what I'm doing to get back to wrestling.
2: So I can think of two instances, actually three instances, where they did that. And in my opinion, it never really worked all that well. Uh, The three instances I can think of were superstar Billy Graham coming back from his hip injury, where they actually showed the surgery. Um, And I can remember a really horrible vignette when he was rehabbing it, supposedly after, where he's kind of trying to climb a. a mountain in the Arizona desert. And mm-hmm. he's and he's carting his walker along. And I think Sean Mooney is with him. And he winds up going behind over tea kettle, falling on the ground while he's struggling with his walker. And if they were trying to position Graham, who was a former champion and, you know, a legend in the whole kind of, one of the first really bodybuilding types, one of the best talkers in the history of the game. And it had the opposite effect. It made him look old and sad. And I think it wound up impeding his ability because he knew if he was going to get back into the ring, people were really going to have to work around him. And even that comeback proved abortive. And they wound up trying to use him as a commentator. And unfortunately, he wasn't as effective as getting other talent over as well as he, he There's could himself.
1: A topic right there. Or
2: as a manager for Don Morocco as well.
1: Yeah, he was a man And none
2: of it really kind of paid off.
1: There's a topic right there is with a legend like Graham or Flair, and there have been maybe a few others. I think Harley Race was fine because talking was not a strong suit for him, although he was very tough and believable. But, you know, when he was managing Luger and Mr. Hughes and WCW, for example. Um,
2: I didn't like him managing Luger. I loved him managing Vader because Vader was a heel in the mold of Harley Race.
1: Right. Tough. Yeah, tough guy. Exactly. But I'm just saying, let's take just Flair or Graham for a second. They can do fantastic promos when it's putting themselves over, but they're not. And I'm not talking about doing play by play, which Graham really was awful at. But uh, and Flair, they've they've really never done that with him. But managing others and trying to cut promos and get them over, it's just not. You know, we saw Flair do a lot of that with like AJ Styles and TNA. It just wasn't. The same. It wasn't really something. I don't know. Something was missing, and some guys can do that, and you know, like whoever, say, Albano. He wrestled and, and had all kinds of zillion matches before he was a manager, and uh, then excelled at that. But others cannot. I mean, Blasi was great at both. Very unusual.
2: Heenan. Um, heenan was apparently fantastic at both, but Heenan so. only ever worked more as in an enhancement role which was kind of his brilliance, that he was oh, able to put them. anyone over anyway.
1: Yeah. No, in, in the AWA, he was actually having matches for, it was like a very brief AWA junior title with Buck Zoomhoff, if you can believe it. Now, yeah, I think Buck is still in jail, for, but we won't. Yeah,
0: thank that. God for Good. that. <laughs> yes. But. Um, Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal held that title. That, so, was
1: the, the non, yeah, that was the non William Steve Regal, the yeah, yes. Midwest yes. one. But some guys are just, what is the problem with them? And John Tolis was another one. Man, the guy was state-of-the-art promos when he was talking about himself against Blasi, or he had a big feud when he turned babyface. You know, every other year in L.A. he turned face, but he had an incredible series with The Sheik in 72, with Billy Graham, with Ernie Ladd, with Killer Kowalski, all in the span of three, four months. He's working with the greatest heels at that time. But as a manager, as the coach in WWF, not so good And he even said he, you know, what he said was what he told me, because I ran his fan club was scripted promos and reading off prompters is Russ and I've talked many, many years about was not for him. He was an extemporaneous guy. Maybe that's it. for. I, I
2: think he also, as the coach kind of suffered on two fronts. The first was, it was just a lousy character. Mm. That, that was the, it was lousy. And, and the fact that he was just coach without reference to, you know, how do you spell wrestling t-o-l-o-s you know without really that context and and taking away what made him john tollis and what made him great at promos i think you know it's very difficult especially for somebody who's been you know working a certain gimmick or a certain style for so long to just be have that stripped away some people can pivot pretty readily but i think that that It was a losing proposition from the start. The other thing is, you have to remember, he was paired up with Mr. Perfect, who was a great promo in his own right, and who was working with Bobby Heenan before that. He was paired up with the Beverly Brothers, who before that were with Lenny Poffo. And I think, you know, when you talk about promo guys, I think Mr. Poffo is grossly underrated in terms of what he was able to do.
1: And when he turned heel i was going to say tolas actually requested to be with kurt because he was close for 30 some odd years to uh, larry they were old old friends all of those territory guys jonathan have you ever seen or heard excuse me uh there, there really isn't any footage but there's audio and i was one of many who taped every week both of our two la shows from about 66 on so tolas's promos from about 68 on he was refining them have you heard tolas in his prime Say 68 to 72 cutting promos.
2: I, I couldn't pin the exact one, but yes, I have heard him. He was dynamic.
1: And, and there was one, yeah. which was actually video uh, from 73, where he's uh, in a feud with I think it was Ruben Juarez, a Hispanic wrestler, Victor Rivera, but it was a Mexican wrestler. So I think it was Ruben Juarez, not Victor, it was Puerto Rican. And he, he's one by one holding up different dishes, you know, stereotypic dishes, tacos, tortillas floutus and stuff. and He takes a bite out of it, spits, and he goes, this food is garbage. And now it would be not PC in this era, you know, with 2022 eyes, but just raving. And he got a, a standing ovation from all of us after he cut that. And then there were some other ones. These were incredible promos, but even particularly when he's a face. And it could get the audience to cry like Blassie when Blassie turned face in L.A. or, you know, say St. Stevens and Pat Patterson San Francisco. Same thing. Um, you know, I,
0: I sort of it makes me think about, you know, kind of rounding the conversation back to CM Punk. Think about where we all were just a few months ago when CM Punk did come back and have his, you know, big skits the years ring. It's been, I think it it's, it's, Okay, a year ago. So that you know where we are, you know now with CM Punk. See,
2: that's right why I, that's the main reason that I have trouble seeing this as not a work on some level. I can't imagine being away from it for as long as he, as for as long as he was, uh, trying to make a name for himself in other in other venues like UFC and it not quite panning out, being away from the audience that clearly had an appetite to see him for so long, settling for that brief appearance on the WWE SmackDown after show. And for that, realizing you know, that the interest was still there. And he has this year long build as he comes back and he's selling out arenas again. And people are coming to see him. And people are drowning him out, chanting his name when he's coming out just to talk, forget anything in ring. And, for all of the, and he had mentioned in, I think it was a tweet a few weeks before things erupted, that he was hesitant to turn heel because he didn't want to squander the capital that he had with his audience. And I don't know, maybe that was, you know, that's not language you'd usually hear from CM Punk, so maybe that was a clue. But I have trouble believing that for all of the goodwill that he'd gained through this, despite having a reputation as a somewhat challenging person to deal with, that despite the massive reaction that he'd engendered despite what i would imagine was a pretty lucrative contract to come back to do this for however long um, you could see cm punk t-shirts throughout arenas and you know he you know would do well off of those as well for all of that basically to throw it all away for anything that was not an angle
1: i have i it doesn't have imagine up,
2: that it. you would self destruct like that. Well it's the cold it cabana
1: stuff. It's the cold cabana stuff that he's he has he was asked prior you know, that's been lurking but in he the wa- background but, in but the he
2: world. wasn't at the at the press conference. This was literally he just picks up the mic and goes for it.
1: Well there was I some mean, other there
2: was foot, context foot, foot, there
1: too. there was another that what was seen so, supposedly somebody had some other camera thing where he was actually asked earlier about cold perhaps just went off but most people now not most but x amount of people are being vocal and these are educated bigwigs you know real reporters are thinking that you know he made tony look um not strong tony's Mm -hmm. tony's sitting right next to him and you've pointed that out several times just the other day with us on the other show um that i think you know unless there's a lot of uh Apologies and whatever he may not be brought back. He's a liability physically. You know, as hard as that is to say, I, I see the bucks coming back. Um, oh, yeah. The bucks will be back there. They they're, will be back except for steel who trained uh, punk in my mind and perhaps not punk at all and and that's fine because people are stepping up to the plate
0: but aew is not lacking for talent i mean that's another thing too is that you picked the wrong time
1: I, scene. I want you to promise i want you to watch a full dynamite two hours wednesday even if you fast forward or tape it and watch it later and then rampage on fridays particularly this coming week because it's the uh, arthur ash stadium every match is huge and okay, got,
0: well, the arthritis—that does well, sound. Um, but now let's t- turn the tables so on our guests.
1: Much because otherwise, you can't really discuss it. it isn't fair. It, it's like discussing. I can discuss movies. it. I think it's know.
0: going to be worth it
2: just to see the pop MJF gets.
1: Yes, I, I, I
2: think. If nothing else, I think the timing. I think it, if it's going to be a long con, I think that's part of the lo- the long con too—that MJF coming back and really kind of changing the narrative just as punk's kind of taking time out i don't think anybody's talking about punk with uh, the promo that mjf just got
1: you're probably right the short attention he has the chip though so that's the scenario that it was you know wisely he he's made an explanation as to why he's not he wasn't in the tournament or anything so uh, and it, a, 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 AEW has plenty of grist for the mill, so... No, but he has a chip. He was given the chip. So now it's similar to the briefcase in WWE, Money in the Bank. Is it not, Jonathan? Is it pretty similar? Yes. To the- I,
2: I, th- I think it's the same <laughs> concept where it basically guarantees him a title shot at some point.
1: So say the Moxley wins, but he's all beaten up. It just is a, This won't happen, but a ridiculous scenario. There'll be two WWE-like. But Moxley... He's exhausted, he's laying there, and then could MJF not come out theoretically with the chip and say, Okay, I want my you know, give the referee the chip, the bell sounded, and he just, you know, lays down and pins Moxley or something like that. That is that a possibility or is that not
2: I think a- that could happen, but I think what the more likely scenario is Brian wins, gets a run with the belt, and then MJF
0: cashes
1: in like that. Yeah, no, i not it's not going to but, happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: you have the potential for having a much bigger match if you do it that way, you know, instead of just
1: the but cheap. But now he's it's, it was weird that MJF is really, other than he had one title match early on in 2020, was it, with uh, Moxley as champ, once Moxley beat Jericho for the strap. He had one match on TV, but he's never really been, other than the punk match, he's not been a consistent, let's say that, a consistent main event performer, uh, he's just been a step below. So now he joins like hangman page and that quasi level of Moxley, Danielson, Jericho, obviously. And and how does Jericho, let me ask Jonathan this one or Russ, if you, you watched on like Friday, Jericho lost to Danielson yet he's able to challenge for the ring of honor world title. How, what, what planet does that happen on? You know, I,
2: lose that. I'll, I'll go you one better. The, the, One thing about All Out that drove me nuts was the idea that you would have that you would have the casino ladder match and in the match you have Wheeler Yuta, who at the time was the ROH pure champion, and you have uh, Claudio Castagnoli, ROH world champion, in a scramble for a as yet undefined opportunity at the AEW belt. Um, I've written before that there's just too many belts floating around in AEW slash ROH. I think this was a really clear example of the perils of that situation, because in my mind, it completely devalued both ROH titles I if, agree. if you're, if they're not even props to be considered in a match for the AEW championship.
1: And, and you know what? That match actually...
2: And it was a good match
1: until the end. But match, and then they ruined it. They ruined it with that crazy finish. Those guys all coming out and Morrissey, who I kind of groaned, you know, just he's not oh, I a, like Morrissey. Do you? Okay. I, well,
2: so I, I recognize that he's had his share of challenges and who knows what the future holds I'm for right, this guy.
1: But he, I watched this run in impact and I just was not, you know, impressed. I, I knew right before he got canned in WWE, he was getting a nice push. They did all they could with him, but, um, you know, okay. I, May, prove me wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But uh, he doesn't even look like he's very comfortable with uh, the African-American manager. Um, it takes his name. What's his first name? Stokely Hathaway, now, which you, is
2: actually his, uh, Stokely is his real name.
1: Really? OK. Yeah. I was going to ask because Stokely Hathaway uh, was a like a civil rights, a major, major civil rights figure. So I was wondering, you, I, you never hear that name. Not heard that name before, so I thought, okay, this is a character name, and he's paying homage to a real civil rights person. Uh, is, is is this so? It's Stokely Carmichael. I, is,
2: is it? Something like that. I can't remember what his actual last name is, but right. I did look civil it up. Rights, and
1: Stokely, I think it's Stokely Carmichael, and he's Stokely Hathaway. Is his character name, or yes. I may that out, but. You know, kudos to him, and he has, as Stokely has blossomed, whatever you call him, he has certainly blossomed because in NXT he was kind of an afterthought. He'd get in a sentence or two uh, with with that group, uh, you know, there with uh, Roderick Strong, etc. Diamond Mine. but here he's a major player in AEW. They're taking full use of him as a great talker, and there's another guy who's elevated uh, himself. You know, Tully went away. I don't know. Do you know what the situation was? Why did Tully? Why was he out of there in a That's a mystery. So,
2: so my understanding is, is, there were two things at play. First off, his contract was just coming up. Um, they shunted him off to ROH to kind of head up his own stable, but it doesn't look like ROH is is running shows with any kind of frequency just yet, or has a set roster just yet, and. Um, apart from his work in wrestling he has a very active career in the ministry and particularly he has um a prison ministry that he wanted to devote more time to
1: because they they never they hinted at it but they never really had uh, more than like a push with arn and that might have been fun before he he left and the ring of honor thing is disturbing maybe either one of you guys could comment on that why has tony not started a dedicated tv show or done some more things other than you know now it, it almost not not anywhere near the horrors of wwe's AEW or ecw but um, you you have some good elements uh, i mean if you look at wwe's uh, for x period of time joey styles was at least on payroll and, and even though they sort of started having him call regular wwf and wwe shows but what what is going on why has there not been i think fans hoped for a regular tv show that was a complete and separate entity and now we see at least for the time being the ring of honor stuff is on a you know it's like a, a part of the AEW show every week and not the dedicated entity i think most people were hoping for although you have well, you already have the ref who's already part of AEW anyway, but the, the ring announcer, the commentators, Caprice and uh, Icabana, Rechabana. Uh, w- what do you see going there, Jonathan? Why is Tony not moved a little bit quicker? I mean, the purchase was only a couple months ago, maybe I'm not being fair.
2: I suspect a couple of things. One, from what I understood, until the purchase actually closed, things were pretty up in the air, even after he'd announced the that he had bought it so for example the last roh pay-per-view there was a bit of a dispute as to whether or not the sale had fully gone through so i ima- i imagine at some point if it hasn't already that that's been resolved the other thing is i think that there's it depends on what tony wants to do with ring of honor what he sees that second brand as I was not personally a big fan of the acquisition to begin with I think trying to manage two separate independent pro wrestling entities and not have cross-pollination and not make one roster look weak at the expense of the other history is ag- runs against that uh JC it's like the mess, bring it with him. the UWF you know 30 years ago and eventually UWF was subsumed and their guys wound up looking weak I mean I went to, yeah, C- and, and we,
1: to shoot him and uh, Bill Watts was backstage but this is when they started incorporating WCW talent and you had like Eddie Gilbert now managing Dick Murdoch and it just it, and it, we it, saw with
0: next with the WWE recently you know where where recently you know once Triple H started making next look better than a lot of the WWE programs the WWE depowered next and
1: Uh, and that was just a bunch of people I'm guessing from what we know Jonathan I know but that was primarily well Vince and his his cohorts but now that's another bit of excitement at the end of NXT Jonathan you saw that the uh, the colorful all the colors and the 2.0 went away so now you know that one year fine and now we're going to go back to uh, black and gold which everybody wants to see although the Raw on SmackDown, they're basically NXT black and gold. You know, all the excitement, all the great past Triple H characters in NXT.
2: So I'll tell you what, what's exciting me now. Um, and counterintuitive, but I am very curious about what's coming up at Crown Jewel on November 7th. Um, and not necessarily why you would think. First off, they've announced the main event is going to be Roman Reigns and Logan Paul.
1: Did you watch that press conference yesterday? I did.
2: I So, funny enough, in my column about a week before Logan Paul signed, I drafted a column saying, you know, in the wake of WrestleMania and his match with The Miz, Logan Paul should be the guy to beat Roman Reigns.
1: Really? Well, you...
2: And I know there. any serious wrestling fan who just heard me say that is probably throwing stuff at the computer screen right now. Zoom in, Mr. Cameraman, as the Iron Sheik would say. But what I, but I think that WWE is at a point where in the, towards the end of the Vince McMahon era, they booked Roman into a corner. He is not going to lose to any conventional opponent. They've made that clear. He's within a hundred days of Pedro Morales title, title reign. Um, my personal feeling is they should just let him eclipse that and get him onto that top five kind of list if they're going to really make a case that he's one of the best ever so
1: he'd be um, four or number three because if he only before you, you've
2: got uh bruno sammartino's two reigns hulk hogan's first reign and Backlund's oh, reign are longer
1: okay you're right I forgot about hogan
2: but he but he's already outstripped guys like bret hart macho man savage flair had negligible wwe runs john cena never it has never had a long run just because very different booking philosophies. But if they're going to run with reigns in this capacity, I'd have him, you know, I'd have him get to Pedro Morales before somebody beats him. That said, what I find interesting about the opportunity at Crown Jewel is twofold. One, putting some, the belt on somebody like Logan Paul, even if it's just kind of a flash title reign and he loses it back in the States on Monday, it dramatically shakes up the status quo. The second thing is. I think that the crown jewel and the events that are taking place in Saudi Arabia generally. Again, from Toronto, we're used to WWE now WWE announcers calling us bizarro world because we'll cheer for the heels and boo the faces very often because the the heels tend to be Canadian for an American audience and we cheer sammy for the hometown kevin, boys
1: sammy and kevin
2: exactly um, if you look at what's happened over the last several uh cards in saudi arabia it really is bizarre world you have bill goldberg going over bray wyatt for a championship you have a phantom gigantic royal rumble with people who you've never heard of on the card and braun Strowman winning a belt that goes missing shortly thereafter you have, you know, a sequel to The Plane Ride from Hell. All kinds of weird stuff seems to happen outside of WWE continuity when they, when they go international there. So, what better place to do something so completely outside the box?
1: Jay, do you think that's karma for taking Saudi money? Might be karma. We believe in karma. Somewhat. I-
2: well, I think that's a second interesting point because I think that one of the big tests of the post Vince era is at some point this current contract with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is going to come to an end. And I wonder what the internal feeling within WWE is as to whether it should be re-opted, if so, on what terms. I think they took a lot of heat for going into this venture in the first place. I think when you had... Vince calling all the shots, you could basically say the buck stops with him. The more corporate and the broader responsibilities are shared within that company and the more accountable it has to be to shareholders who are not named McMahon, I'm just curious how that evolves. And I think that both from an in-ring and from a business standpoint, and I'm probably going to write about this for my column on Sunday because I've been oh, good. about it a lot. I think that it's going to be very interesting to see and a test of WWE's new leadership as to what they do with that contract and how they manage it creatively as well as from a business perspective.
0: And what what's your what's your prediction on that? What do you think that that the WWE will, will do?
2: I always shy away from giving pre- predictions, and I'll tell you why. Um, Speaking as somebody who trained as a lawyer, I'm not big on hypotheticals, and I think that the the I think the thing that I just don't know is I don't know what the interest on Saudi Arabia's part is, and I don't know how deep their pockets are. Trained as a and lawyer, I, and, 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 I, and
0: hypotheticals I, are pretty much all you deal with a lot of times. Oh you no, have no I stick to like- the facts, sir. Well, no. You have to go and try every possible angle on a lot of things to eliminate stuff out, so that you only have whatever's because left. this is in your more argument.
1: speculation. I mean, we do know that the guy coughing up the bucks, the main person, it's almost like a money mark, and he, you know, requests, "Oh, I want, say, Hogan or Goldberg, you know, his heroes." And so then they had to work the booking around. Okay, this guy wants this, this, and this person over there. And, well, for uh,
2: the sh- first show, he'd wanted Ultimate Warrior and Yokozuna, and unfortunately, both men
0: had passed well before yeah, it's like the show
1: Herb started. Abrahams, Herb what they
0: should do is they should they should do a holographic books. thing, you know, those holograms, and have the the holograms fight, and then say, "Yeah, there you go, there you have Yokozuna against." Yeah, actually, the, it um,
1: has a point there. Tommy Dreamer's told me, and he's told others that he thinks in X amount of years they'll actually have a virtual. They won't need wrestlers, they'll just create them the way they've had these Michael Jacksons and Whitney Houston and Tupac Shakur's, jo- you, Jonathan, you've seen those. Uh, in- I
2: have, of- I kind of think we're already there. I think that, not that people are lining up to go to Madison Square Garden to watch Holograms fight. But if you look at the ascendancy of online gaming, for example, yeah, I think that a big chunk of Call eyeballs on entertainment are now into this world.
1: Yeah, no. There's of the uh, they've sold out the all those ABBA virtual shows uh, too. Where it, and it's Fortnite
0: crazy. tournaments and things like that, and you know, Call of Duty,
1: and uh, it works better for movies. You remember the movie uh, with De Niro and I think Pacino from about a, two years ago. Uh, uh, the Irishman, right? And they did this thing to age them, and it was all you know very believable looking, but scary at the same time that they can do this can they you know and they've done that haven't they done that on some tv shows or somebody's dead and they've uh, done some piecing together uh, of the the person so that, like princess leia you know uh, carrie fisher
0: they, they
2: did it with carrie fisher they did more rudimentary because it was a couple years ago but the last installment of the fast and the furious they did that with paul walker once he passed away in an accident um but this has been a thing forever. I mean, Bela Lugosi and Plan Nine from Outer Space—they
1: you know passed they away mean,
2: midway through, yeah, and
1: it was they a had some the cow in front. Do you know exactly. It was hilarious. Being uh, oh, that's so funny.
0: <laughs> do you think? Do you, do you think that uh, at some? St- I, I think my prediction, since I I am not afraid of hypothetical, is that the WWE will just take the money and run, like they always have with Saudi Arabia.
1: It's it, it, <laughs> it, a different WWE now with the. Uh, Hunter, loving the business, not a shame.
0: Yeah, but money's money.
1: doesn't even know this. WWE put out a tweet, what, eight days ago? And it just said the word wrestling. That's pretty, that's a big deal. Yeah, that, but money is also what moves all this.
2: And I don't necessarily disagree w- with how important the money is, especially if it's an awful lot of money. Uh, as Groucho Marx once said, these are my principles. If you don't like them, I have others. That said, the... That's my favorite Groucho quote.
1: Um, well, you like it better than I would not be in a club that's accepted me had me as a member. Yes.
2: <laughs> no, there's uh, there's another line yeah. about a swimming pool, but I'm not going to repeat it. The <laughs> the punchline is: Is it okay if I go up to my waist? The mm. the um. But I I think one of the challenges WWE has in reconciling that particular, those particular events is if you think about how much work they've done on tribute for the troops and just how strong forever they've associated themselves with the U.S. and with the military and with national pride and all that kind of thing. And I say this as somebody who's not based in the U.S., but I think at some point they're going to get really called out on the inconsistency between, you know, Promoting Sorry. this really jingoistic image, which is, you know, you can draw a line from Sergeant Slaughter, Hacksaw Duggan, Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle, John Cena. I mean
1: Did, did you I, I did the it was, the that was Veter- of the stars Wait. and bars? Every Veterans Day and Memorial Day, yeah. you would get the thing sometimes with Cena or JBL. And it it, it really irked me that not so much that, because we all, rah, rah, America, blah, 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 that's fine, and yeah, support the military, you know, those guys, but at this, but this, it seemed just-
2: It seems really inconsistent with that. You know, it it, pa- it's discordant.
1: so no, it was patronizing, and the rest of the world that gets us are probably thinking, what on earth is going on? It just, it, you know, the, again, it was all- bits. Then
0: again, it's wrestling. You know, and so, you know, you, you're you you're talking about a federation that once had um, May Young give birth to a hand.
1: So, you that know, you're talking, not
0: necessarily talking about
1: the real life stuff and you're pushing the fact that you love Trump and you are a, a dyed-in-the-wool Republican. That's a bit different. And I think there's going to be a lessening of that. It, we're going to see. I'm hoping there is. Jonathan made a great point that it made no sense if you're going to be pushing rah-rah America in the military and all this stuff. And yet. You're doing business with Saudis and taking their money. That's prostituting yourself. And it's
0: what months. America does every day. Sadly enough, we do business with the Saudi Arabia every day. I mean, look at the
1: uh, live golf tournament. It might be the lesser of an evil at the time. But,
0: but look at like the live golf tournament as a, as another example. You know, even though it's not wrestling related, but the Saudis are doing the same thing. Yeah, it's but expensive. those
1: guys, a lot of those golfers that took the money, they're viewed as they're being criticized and viewed. You know, a lot of guys have come out, fellow golfers, their peers, and said, you know, the guy's a dick. I won't have anything to do with them anymore. And good for them for... Uh
2: and in fairness, the PGA has always marketed itself as an international sports league. I mean, you, you you have, you know, a number European golfers, you have Japanese golfers, you have Canadian golfers. It's a, it's a different market that they're after. If we were talking about the NFL going into Saudi Arabia, I think that where they, or NASCAR, where they really kind of wrapped themselves in the flag as part of their brand identity, I think it would be a bit of a different conversation.
1: Where are the PGA tournaments in Canada? Uh, uh, why are we not seeing TV? I know there's events there. It's popular in, in, in Canada and in the provinces, but why- we have,
2: a, we have the Canadian Open, which is which kind of, from what I recall, we have the Canadian Open and we have a, a women's event as well.
1: Yeah, and but they how, usually so
2: kind we're, of float around.
1: We're in the U.S., if you're going to be a world organization, you, you want to show these tournaments in other places, South America, Europe, and obviously Canada, you know, are, uh, are probably our closest allies on this continent. I don't think we're as close to Mexico as we are to Canada. And, hey, we're lucky Canada puts up with us, in my opinion. Isn't that what I you said so. like a, months ago, Canada? It's almost like the uh, George Costanza thing. Is, okay, we're going to look at what America's doing, and then we're going to do the total opposite because that'll be the right thing to do. That's of late, and that's pretty wise, or at least it was with the prior so-called president. Yes. And but, hopefully don't repeat that. That's not an angle we want to see returning.
0: We do want to get, Jonathan, I want to give you a couple minutes to talk about, you know, Can you just give us, give me your, how you got started with Slam and, and, and your journalistic, your wrestling journalism career? Sure. Um,
2: I literally read an article on, on Slam Magazine and I thought it was interesting. And I felt that after a lifetime of fandom and being somebody who's just always loved writing and, you know, enjoyed talking to people about wrestling, I thought I could do something like that. So I drafted an article and I literally just sent it to Greg Oliver blind.
0: What was the article?
2: It, so it was, there had be, so it was about eight months ago. And the, the whole discussion about WWE versus AEW had reached a fever pitch to the point that you had a lot of fans arguing that there can only be one. And if you're a WWE fan, you should be watching AEW and vice versa. And you should be rooting for the other Federation to fail. And my response, it was one particular article not on SLAM, but I thought that this was just a good venue for me to respond. Um, my response to that particular piece was, you idiot. You know, And this is one of the few cases in wrestling where I won't preface it by saying with all due respect, The fact that you have multiple promotions that are succeeding right now, after so many years where WWE was the only game in town and was creatively so unsatisfying um, beyond a a really narrow strip of their fandom, and where they could get away with saying, calling us the WWE Universe instead of fans, or not using the word wrestling, or title belt, or any of the the kind of conventions.
1: Hospital, hospital. Now you can. Medical, exactly.
2: But the fact that at the time you had, you know, a flourishing scene outside of WWE and so many more wrestlers able to get work and to leverage their position in any given promotion and make a better living for themselves, which I think is also critically important, and that you could draw so many more fans from different points of view. You know, if we're only talking about one promotion and one approach to wrestling and the same people all the time, eventually it gets boring and eventually viewers drift away and they don't come back. We saw that with WCW. The rise of AEW gave, you know, that segment of fandom a chance to come back and they have in droves. It gave people who don't necessarily care about Brock Lesnar, but find Darby Allen or Orange Cassidy entertaining, it gave them a home. And I tend to think with any of this, a rising tide lifts all ships. The, the one thing that I hope for any of this, if anything is to be learned from the Monday Night Wars back 30 years ago, or from Vince's expansion and gobbling up all the territories, WWE needs to leave its competitors not to beat them, but it needs to allow them to survive because that's where the next generation of WWE stars are going to come from. It's not going to be from NXT with all due respect to the very talented people who are working there. You're not going to get the reps you need in that environment that you get working on a thriving indie scene or in front of a hard camera on AEW or Ring of Honor if that comes back. I I just feel that uh, Lucha Underground, which was my favorite of these promotions, um, unfortunately, didn't survive, although it's been kind of brought into Major League Wrestling as well in some capacity. The fact that you have GCW taking over the old ROH spot, I think, is a positive thing, too.
0: Because nothing's better than someone.
1: uh, GCW, more blood until a few weeks ago with uh, Moxie bleeding every single show. Let's next week with Jonathan. Well, in two weeks. Next week. Russ, you have Donovan Morgan. Yes, a
0: very special show.
1: This is a guy we knew well from the Bay Area. This is where the area that produced Shotzi Blackheart and Pam, a.k.a. uh, uh, Bailey, and and quite a few pieces of talent. Uh, But uh, I want to talk about Lucha Underground because I went to X amount of tapings, and I had a blast there. A total blast, you know, was hanging with Conan. We'll
0: definitely have Jonathan on in, in on a future well, show.
1: Jonathan, to join us next week with Donovan Morgan, it, it, just let me know. But otherwise, Jonathan, maybe in two or three weeks, let's talk about those promotions. Because you say, you know, the ship raising everybody else to a level impact has been vastly improved this mm-hmm. year with the addition, particularly the New Japan guys. But they brought in Killer Kyle a female and uh or it's a killer kelly killer kyle killer kelly well hey we're, we're almost
0: out of time for the show this when week it's, so.
1: it's jonathan's correct they have oh everybody's playing up it's I, secondary,
0: secondary. I agree jonathan give your plugs out so that we can make sure people can contact you
2: sure my my column run Next Sunday on SlimeWrestling.net. it's Wrestler's Court with Jonathan Schwartz. Um, appears every two weeks. I think I've just given an unwitting preview of it today, just now, uh, before live before it gets depressed. I mentioned I just completed that book review of uh, Mr. Keith Elliott Greenberg's book, Follow the Buzzards, which I also heartily endorse. Uh, there was an article about also on slamwrestling.net that I do want to highlight it ran I think it was about a week ago now, um, about, a uh, would be indie promoter from the Northeast, John Skazari.
1: Sorry. Gordon Skazari.
2: I apologize. And, uh, his, and his attempts, and it was a very well-written, often very sad, um, article, uh, long for, great bit of long-form reporting that answered a number of questions and has kind of a good insider take. I understand that Dr. Mike actually had an even more inside take on it um, and that there might be some uh, differences in facts, but for somebody who's kind of coming into that story without the background um just a really good insightful piece of wrestling and, uh, journalism and journalism in general and, evan, evan,
1: evan knew yes. him and and i was there for the whole thing evan came to the, the house show and the taping i was backstage i managed i did a bunch of stuff so i saw it on the inside and then i would relay not just to Meltzer, in but a couple
0: evan, of weeks we, the, we should probably talk about that that'd be perfect all right, that's all that we have for this week, guys.
1: Last Thank book, so plug besides Keith Ellie Greenberg's, we could be Bowie and his heroes by Tom Hagler and Tony Visconti, who actually was produced a lot of Bowie's records along with Ronson and some others. Uh, get out there and enjoy wrestling. There's so much to enjoy. So many fantastic books. And hey, Jonathan, you got to get the, an ECW press book deal. I think you're at that level very, very quickly.
2: Thank you. I, I, you know what, my dream is to write a book.
1: So there you go.
0: So here's how talk about
1: that either next week. And or everyone
0: I talk about who writes a book says their dream becomes a nightmare. But that's a different story for another day. Let me get there. All right. Good good night, everybody. See you all next week.
1: Good night. Good night. Week. good night, you guys.